Hello and welcome to the Taste Uber Music Podcast. I'm Diana Lynn. After a 40-year career in corporate America, I took a huge U-turn and became a volunteer DJ on 90.1 FM KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. Since 2010, I've been the host, programmer, and engineer of a weekly Americana Roots music show, The Tasty Brew. With this podcast, I'll be sharing conversations with artists and music industry insiders with the goal of entertaining and educating the listening audience, all while giving a voice to the music makers that are underserved or ignored by mainstream media. I was introduced to Oklahoma City-based songwriter Carter Sampson some years ago after she played a gig at Kansas City's Knucklehead Saloon. I was very impressed by her command of the stage and storytelling. We briefly crossed paths multiple times in Nashville during Americana Fest, in Oklahoma during Woody Fest, and in Kansas City for occasional gigs at the Westport Saloon and again at Knuckleheads. She had been booked to play several Kansas City gigs in early 2020 that got canceled either because of weather or the COVID-19 pandemic. I tried multiple times to schedule conversations with her since 2018 for this podcast, and we just couldn't make it happen. The stars aligned, and we were finally able to get Carter back to Kansas City for an intimate show at Mike Kelly's West Sider as part of the Bloody Mary Morning Listening Room series presented by the Heartland Song Network. This episode is a portion of the conversation we had on air via my Tasty Brew Music radio show on 90.1 FM KKFI. Carter has released five studio albums and is working on her latest record with Oklahoma producer Kyle Reed. Her 2016 release, Wilder Side, received international attention and was number three on that year's Euro Americana year-end chart. She is the founder and director of the Rock and Roll Camp for Girls Oklahoma City, a nonprofit volunteer-run organization that empowers girls through music education. She's a proud member of the Citizen Potawatomi Nation. I love everything about Carter Sampson. Her clear and present voice, word crafting, guitar skills, artistic visual aesthetic, and work ethic. She is equally adept at fronting a full band on the main stage of a music festival as she is at keeping a small room of dedicated listeners completely captivated for hours. She was meant to lead a lyrical life, and that's what she's doing. Enjoy my long-awaited one-on-one with Carter Sampson, to be continued somewhere down the road most likely in Oklahoma. Good morning, Carter. Howdy. Good morning. How are you? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm doing well. I understand that uh, you're waiting for your ride to bring you to Kansas City. We're on the I air, am. We're on the air with Carter Sampson from the Oklahoma City, Oklahoma area. Yeah. And uh, it's been a minute since you've been able to get to Kansas City, hasn't it? It has been. In fact, these two shows I'm getting ready to play were the... The reschedule of the very first shows that were canceled because of COVID. So I, I think they've been rescheduled three times now, and I, I have a feeling these are going to happen. I think it's going to happen, and it is an indoor show, so we don't have to worry about the weather mm-hmm. this time. But That's we, good. We still have a mask mandate in Kansas City, and uh, most everybody we know has been vaccinated, so we should be good. good. That's also good. Yeah, yeah. So the show is at Mike Kelly's West Sider tomorrow morning. Doors are at 9. Music starts at 10 a.m., believe it or not. Have you have you played that early before? Um, yes, but it's been a while. Yeah. Um, in my younger days, that was that was more difficult than it is now. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we'll have uh, we'll have coffee, Bloody Marys, and, and whatever else you may need. Yeah, or 
just drink more coffee. Yeah, drink more coffee. <laughs> well, for our listeners yeah. who may not be that familiar with your music, you have been a staple of my playlists here for, for years, and we've met occasionally out on the road. I think we met briefly in, in Nashville during Americana Fest at one point, Folk mm-hmm. Alliance, the Woody Guthrie Festival. It's going to be a real pleasure to, to see you in, in person tomorrow, but I'm wondering if we can maybe just get into your musical DNA a little bit and what it's like to be, I find, like one of the few female performers on any lineup that I see in Oklahoma, which is kind of frustrating sometimes. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what are you, were you born and raised in Oklahoma? Yeah, I was. I'm a, I'm like a fifth, sixth generation Okie. I'm a proud member of the Citizen Potawatomi Nation. I come from a long line of musicians. It's, it's all I've ever wanted to do, honestly. And I, I feel very lucky and thankful that I get to do that one thing that that I love every day. But you are exactly right about there not being very many women doing what I'm doing around here. And I I would like to say that it's getting better that we're being included in more festivals, but we're not. And and it's uh, it's unfortunate. And I'm I'm not a super political person, but that's one thing that really gets my goat. Um, Because I feel like when women and girls aren't given the same opportunities, then we already have it stacked against us that we we have the ability to give birth. And that is not really conducive for being on the road and being a musician. But if, if girls and women aren't given the opportunities to play at festivals or even to see other women like them playing at festivals, then they're going to be forced to take another path. And that, that makes me sad. So I'm doing everything in my power to, to change that. We'll see. Let's talk a little bit about that further. The the school uh, that you have there or that you participate in, in there in Oklahoma that yeah. is for girls. Let's talk about that a little bit. Let's yeah, walk in the I'm walk the founder and, talk and director and talk. of the Rock and Roll Camp for Girls here in Oklahoma City. I had the opportunity to go to the original camp in Portland, Oregon years ago, and I just fell in love with it. It was a space where girls and women can feel free to be themselves, truly be themselves, and, and to, to learn how to play music and make noise in an environment that is healthy for them. And so I decided we, we should have one of those here. And unfortunately, for the last few years, COVID has put a stop to those plans, but we did five summer camps and we will be back hopefully next summer. We do uh, anywhere from 50 to 60 girls between the ages of eight and 17, and they walk in day one. A lot of them have never even played their instruments before. They do drums, guitar, bass, vocals, and keys, and then they form bands and they write a song together. So in the morning, they're doing instrument classes. In the afternoon, they're doing band practice and collaboratively working on a song. And then sprinkled in there, we do all kinds of fun stuff like positive body image and uh, self-defense and DIY screen printing and all those other fun things. But it's amazing what they can accomplish in one week at the end of the camp we do a, a giant showcase in front of you know about a thousand people which isn't bad for your first gig oh my goodness of them. not at all and how do you yeah. get the, how do you get the word out about this camp i mean do you are, are do you um, partner with the schools there in your area or is it all through social media what's the the best yeah. route to get the word out about that yeah you know we haven't had any problem with that at all i think there's such a need for for arts programs and especially ones that that focus on empowerment and and positive self-image and we are that we're a music camp but we also are about teaching the girls to be good to each other use their privileges to to help other people really we've had to turn down a number of girls every year and that is the worst part just purely because of space but yeah we we do have a facebook and an instagram and all that our website is the best way to get get in touch with us and what's that addy the is rcgokc 
org. <laughs> Next summer we'll be back in action. I'm sure that we will. I mean, who would have thought we'd been going 18, 20 months into this Never. already? But, you know, if, if nothing else, it has taught us to adjust and adapt the best that we can. You were talking about sometimes it's the first experience that these girls have with uh, playing an instrument or holding an instrument. What was your mm-hmm. first instrument and who was guiding you when you were at that impression, oh, impressionable age? Well, my voice I've always been able to use since the day I was born. <laughs> I love to sing. I always have. Guitar was really my first instrument. My, my grandmother tried her best to teach me how to play piano when I was young and I just really wasn't into practicing. <laughs> I wish that I would have learned more from her. Fast forward a few years later when I was a teenager, uh, my dad plays guitar and he taught, he taught me a few things and um, I've been playing ever since. Well, one of the things I like about your music so much is you are a great storyteller and, or a song farmer, song craft, however you want to couch it. And we are going to be listening to some mm-hmm. of your music after we finish speaking here. But I, I'm wondering what have been some of your musical mentors? Who were you listening to as a kid? You know, like the first record that you ever bought Ooh. with your own money and that sort of thing. I love so many different kinds of music. I'm, I'm realizing now that a lot of the music that I thought I hated as a teenager, I really actually love. Isn't that the thing? The really um, the cheesy 90s country music that at the time I loathed, but now I just adore most of that stuff. I'm a huge Dolly Parton fan. I'm a big Elvis fan and always have been. In my teenage years, I loved just some good old-fashioned screaming rock and roll girl bands, and I still do. I still dream about being in an all-electric band and screaming my head off. (laughs) Speaking of Elvis, when you were first starting to stream during the pandemic, you were doing them almost every day, and I noticed that Elvis figured Mm -hmm. prominently in the background. Do I remember that right? Do you have a bust of something of Elvis in your living room? He's a feature. He's a feature in my house. I actually have a a small shrine to Elvis. (laughs) It's growing. So much, there's so many fun little... Elvis collectibles, right? What did the the streaming teach you, or, or did you? Was that a really quick mm-hmm. learning curve? Did you have those skills and that hardware and software already, or what, how did that? <laughs> no, how did that work out like for I'm, you? I don't feel like technology is one of my strong suits, <laughs> so it was a challenge in that sense. But I got there with the help of some friends over the phone. You know, at first I just felt. At first I was thinking about all my friends that were stuck at home with kids because I don't have children. My heart was just going out to them thinking, I bet they're all going nuts, you know, trying to teach school and the kids being inside. And so at first it started as as something to kind of help them out. And I was doing it in the mornings and then it turned into something that was also helping me and then turned out helping a lot of adults too. And I was just doing the only thing I knew how to do. And that was to be as positive as I can and to um, take some deep breaths. It's the simple things that can really help sometimes. And, And I would read Shel Silverstein poems and sing songs and hang out with my dog and it was a lot of fun and it's still great. I get compliments on it from people all over the place that I had no idea were watching. It was good. It was. I did it for, I think, three months straight, just Monday through Friday. I kind of tapered off a little bit. I felt like I was starting to repeat myself a lot. No, maybe this winter I'll get back into it. We don't know what's coming to us this winter, that's for sure, but at least maybe, maybe we've garnered the skill sets not only emotionally, but spiritually, yeah. you know, on how to get through something like that. I enjoyed your streams very much when I I mean, I didn't catch them every day, but I knew that they were there and they were a, sure. they were a, of comfort to me. And I'm with you on, I don't know how people with small children or school-aged children, <laughs> I mean, it's been a long time for me since I was in that situation and I, and I don't envy them at all. You alluded to the fact that through friends, you were able to kind of figure all of that out. You, you collaborate with some of the most amazing people 
people. And the first time I saw you, you had, I think Sky Sme kind of introduced us, and you had Joe Mac mm-hmm. playing guitar with you. Mm-hmm. And you play a lot with uh, Kyle Reed, and uh, that used to live here in Kansas City, who we love. And last night mm-hmm. you were at the Mercury, I think, with Jared Tyler and Jesse Acock. I mean, there's Jessie. there's so many folks that you can call on. What talk a little bit about this so-called scene there in in Tulsa and in Oklahoma, and, and how you lift each other up and, and help each other. Yeah, it's really cool. There's a, just a lot of us, a lot of musicians that are kind of doing the same thing and it is fairly supportive, I would say. I feel grateful that I can call on those people when I need them to fill in. That trio with Jesse and Jared sort of accidentally happened at the Illinois River Jam a few weeks ago. Jared and I have been playing together quite a bit because I adore his singing and his oh, songs God, and him as a so person. Good. He's amazing. He's one of the best. And then Jesse and I, have we toured in Europe together a few years ago and he's a sweet kind of soul with also a beautiful voice a great songwriter and they're both killer guitar players too um, I should add and that just I was playing a solo set and just asked if they would come up and play a few with me and then they started singing three part harmonies and then the next thing we knew we were playing at the Mercury Lounge so I'm so into it I hope I get to play more with them because the harmonies are really beautiful I do have a full rock and roll band that's a lot of fun Kyle reads in that he plays pedal steel so when we need um, drums and, and bass and the whole rock and roll outfit have that too uh yeah i kind of love to do it all i love solo shows where i can tell stories and and talk in between songs there's definitely benefits to playing with different people and there's a huge pool of killer musicians in, in and around oklahoma for sure i mean are you in the studio have you written i know you released a single that i'm going to be playing here in a little bit in 2020 yeah. there's always next year yeah what, what else are you i just on? finished a new record actually that song will be on it kyle reed and i finished it we started working on it right before the pandemic uh, he brought a bunch of recording equipment to my house i live in a 100 year old house in luther oklahoma and so we got some really cool sounds out of it and recorded five songs right here in my living room and then then once the pandemic hit kyle is, is a, a wizard of electronics and he rigged us a, a sound booth he's got a house in norman that has a smaller house behind it a little studio and he rigged that up where i could be out there playing and singing and he ran a cable out the door and across the yard and into his house and we could communicate by a microphone and through the window we socially distanced the recording of the other five songs and i'm i'm really pleased to have it finished. I'm not quite sure when it will be released at this point, but sometime in the near future. As you just described that process, I'm hearing more and more Mm -hmm. of this kind of homegrown, organic recording. And, you know, as someone who's on the radio and this music is coming to me, the quality of it is just outstanding. I mean, I don't discern as as a patron or as an active music listener really any discernible difference between something like that and something that somebody has paid tens of thousands of dollars to secure studio space in Nashville or whatever, is that the way it's going to be? You know, post-pandemic, is this the is this how it's going to be, you think? I think it's certainly heading that direction. There's still those beautiful studios out there. I personally have always been more comfortable in somebody else's living room or in my own living room than getting charged by the hour, you know, comfortable in someone else's space. So I think overall you probably get a better performance out of me if, if I'm comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's just more intimate. I, I have recorded in, in the studios, and, and I agree with you, I think, now with the technology and people like Kyle Reed who know how to use it, that we can create these these wonderfully sounding recordings 
recordings wherever we want, really. Well, I'm all for it. You know, as someone who's trying to spend the preponderance of my time supporting local artists and regional artists, I'm glad that they have the opportunity to create and and generate work that is on par with anything that you'd hear anywhere in the world. And I put it up against anything anywhere that's produced elsewhere. I wanted to circle back just a little bit about who I ought to be listening to or who you'd like to recommend us. Who are you listening to right now that we need to know about? I mean, it can be Oklahoma artists. Who are you listening to right now that you'd like to share? Jared Tyler has a, an, a band called Saw Guy. That so I've listened to that album so many times I, I can't even tell you. It's one of those records that I can always listen to no matter what mood I'm in. Yes, he's, any any of his records will will, uh, will do any time of the day. Let's see what else I've been listening well, how to. How about some female Ooh, artists meeting. that you'd like for us to know? And Female artists. I have a friend named Kirsten White who's amazing. I love playing with her. She just did a, a little tour and was in Nashville and uh, she's back in Norman now. She does uh, every Thursday night at a bar called The Deli in Norman and it's country music group therapy and it's a lot of fun. She's also a nurse and is working her uh, you know what yep. off right yep. now. The Linda Lindas, have you heard them yet? They're, I have not. Um, this awesome I'm writing all this girl stuff. band and they're like in middle school. They're amazing. Wow. Um, I've been listening to the new St. Vincent record. I'm getting ready to go see her soon. I love, I love her style and her guitar playing. There's so much good stuff out there right now. There is. I'm, it's coming to me in absolute bucket loads and I mm-hmm. am happy for that, but I wish I was on more than one day a week so that I could get more, get more of it in. Well, listen, I'm going to let you go so that you can get on the road and come to Kansas yeah. City. Let's let folks know the best way to contact you and access your music through your website and or your socials. What are the handles for all of yeah. that? Yeah, my website is cartersampson.net, and that's Sampson with a P, S-A-M-P-S-O-N. Facebook, I am at Carter Sampson. Actually, all of them. I am Instagram at Carter Sampson. Twitter at Carter Samson. I'm on Spotify. Fairly easy to find out there. And when we've got a little bit more time, hopefully this weekend, I want to talk to you about the vintage clothing. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. my goodness. That's, one of my favorites. It's just amazing. One of my favorite yeah. subjects. Thanks so much, Diana. Right. I'll see you soon. All right. This is uh, Carter Samson here on the Tasty Brew. Strong. I grew up just to prove them all. 
Samson. She'll be with us in Kansas City tomorrow. Uh, she's got a new record that was put out right before the pandemic. And as we heard on the uh, phone conversation there, it will be part of her new record that's going to be uh, released next and produced by Kyle Reed. So let's hear this brand new song from Carter Samson called There's Always Next Year here on the Tasty Brew. the best thing. 